This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? Hi, I'm Olivia Haidar. Olivia is your co-host. We're your hosts. That's what we, we do here. Yeah. Olivia, how's it going? Uh, you know, things are okay. Kind of kind of calming down after I've been, had a little bit of a furor over the last, not furor. Fear, that's like, a weird not, term to not, use on yeah, a conspiracy no. podcast. Sorry, it sound. I did realize as I was saying it that it. <laughs> That it would sound weird. Uh, the F-U-R-O-R. It's just been a busy couple months, and I'm glad that things are finally starting to chill out a little bit. I mean, they might be starting to chill out, but once we dig into the subject of today's episode and oh, the, sure, next, yeah. the next eight bonus episodes of this podcast, <laughs> in fact, your life might get a lot more exciting. Yeah, maybe. Because uh, who knows? We're talking about... The Jesse Ventura that the government doesn't want you to see. <laughs> Season two of Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura. It exists. Yeah. It does. It's there. They didn't just go from one to three, which would be a move. It's what the traveling Wilburys did. They so did. Yes. It's not, it's not an <laughs> unprecedented move. It's a great call. I would have never thought to compare Jesse Ventura <laughs> to Roy Orbison. <laughs> he replaced Roy Orbison in the Traveling Wilburys. People don't know that. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, totally. You know, he's just as good with a guitar as Roy. He sure looks good on a motorcycle, but I'm getting way, way ahead. That's Ooh, the yeah, no, that's episode. Like, you're like an episode ahead of us <laughs> on that one. Interesting thing about the season, like we said, you can't find it anywhere. Yeah, it's it's, it's been canceled. It's but been like banned. You know, yeah, banned from TV. A few Unpops listeners or Conspiracy the Show listeners have reached out in an effort to help find these episodes. And we're going to try and get through all of it before the feds shut us yeah. down. I can't believe you would reveal the secret location of our video files, Adam. But Jesse Ventura, they don't want you to see. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. And he's in fine form. Uh, you know, he sure he's is. back at it. He's really getting to the interesting stuff. This yeah. the first the topic he covers first is one I've always been pretty fascinated with. For sure. Which is Plum Island. Had you ever heard of this before? Well, I had. Like I've I've heard about it just in general, like as an adult, you know, uh reading about weird like the you know, these weird conspiracies and shit, but I have known it for a long time because it's like a plot point in silence of the lambs. Uh, Oh, that's right. That's the place where like Clarice is trying to like tempt Lecter with like being able to take vacations at Plum Island. And he's like, you think you've, you think you're being clever, but I know that Plum Island actually is a disease testing center. You know, it's, (laughs) 
And so, yeah, I've just known about it like passively because of that for a long time. It's very close to New York City. I've heard a lot of conspiracy stuff about this place before, and I'll be honest, I don't trust it. I don't I, I don't like that we have an animal testing facility. It's like a government run animal I, virus testing facility. I mean, I like look, I, I don't trust it inherently because I don't generally trust uh, government sure. institutions like uh, as a whole. Like it's tough for me. But also I understand why we would need a national animal disease testing center. We like if something were to happen to, you know, a large portion of our, you know, livestock, we would be in huge trouble. Like, you mean if an animal were to pass some sort of pandemic onto people? (laughs) Well, no, I mean, yeah. When would that happen? I mean, sure. But what I mostly mean is that if like, you know, if all of our cows die, then there goes milk and there goes, you know, fresh milk and fresh beef like that. And that's like huge. Yeah, that's like that's one thing you rarely get in these episodes is there's never even just one person to step in and be like, hey, you ever think of the food supply chain? (laughs) Right. Like maybe we need to keep a tab on animal diseases also so we can all eat. Yeah. And this is something we're I mean, we've talked about it before and we're going to talk about it again throughout these episodes. But like they've got this skeptic character who just constantly makes the shittiest skeptic arguments that don't make any sense when like it would, you know, like this, like it would be a perfect thing for him to bring up, like perfectly reasonable thing would be, well, there's a reason for us to have this. And that's not ever his position. It's always like, well, no, I think we should just trust the government guys. We don't need a, we don't need a question what they say. Do you think the government is working on bioweapons somewhere? I mean, probably, but I would um, like personally, I would imagine they're going to do it off of the mainland. It would probably not. And I don't mean like Plum Island off of the mainland. I mean, like, you know, we've got all these territories. We've got like uh, military bases all over the world. You know, I would imagine that we're probably doing some sort of chemical weapons or biological weapon research in some place like that. But in, I just feel like in the mainland, that's tough. Even the most dedicated shithead politicians would be like, I don't know if I want that in my state, you know, like it's like if we're trying to get through the Senate. Yeah. And that is a thing that comes up in this episode, them trying to move Plum Island to Kansas, which makes sense. Like that actually, like they, they, you know, they're very suspicious of it because they're very suspicious of everything about this facility. Cause that's the premise of the show. But like, it makes sense for it to be in Kansas because that's where a bunch of animals are. Like right. we would be, that would be kind of in the, you know, in the shit as it were. <laughs> they kind of got to get it. Put them in the shit. Right? Sergeant Forley, pay back. You have to imagine they're kind of importing a lot of the, I mean, there's obviously livestock in upstate New York, but like they've yeah. got to be trucking these things for a while. Yeah. They do talk about some weird aspects of this place. Oh, for sure. The fact that it was founded by a Nazi is disturbing. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, that, that is that's awful, but like, and unfortunately true of a lot of our yeah. uh, agencies, some of which are like legitimately beneficial, like NASA. Like, you know, we've just, you know, unfortunately, yeah, uh, that's what our government decided to do after World War II. 
Hard fact of life. We teamed up with the Nazis after World War II Jesus. to fight communism. Yep. So this episode opens with Jesse Ventura and that fucking skeptic. His name's Alex Piper, I believe. Yeah. Or that's just what I've named him. They're, I mean, I just know Alex. They're they're on a boat to Plum Island, and the, they set it up like they're being chased by the Coast Guard. Right. I mean, it's a classic conspiracy theory cold open. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he often opens with, like, I'm getting rounded up by the fence because <laughs> I've asked too many hard questions. And then you get to that part of the episode and it's always like, yeah, they just kind of asked him politely to leave. Yeah. They were just there doing yeah. the coast guards job, guarding the coast, exactly. things of the like, <laughs> yeah. Of all the government agencies, like the coast guard, I'm like, they just I, fucking deal with water. That's not even, we shouldn't be there in the first place. <laughs> I mean, like, I, yeah, I just don't find the Coast Guard threatening. I, I find them, they have a helpful image. They're like f- the sea firefighters to yeah. me. <laughs> I like that right out of the gate, he delivers a real sad monologue about being chased. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a governor. He, he, he used to be a governor. And, uh, yeah. oh, man, you can tell I did these notes with voice dictation software. Because there yes, are some, yeah. some translation errors. Uh, I, I, I did notice that. It says, I used to be a governor. What are they think I am, a flocking terrorist? <laughs> That's not actually Jesse Ventura's quote from the episode. He said, but like, what do yeah. they think I am, a fucking terrorist? <laughs> yeah, they might. He- that is a, that's going to be a running theme, at least over the next couple episodes, where he just is so indignant that as a former government go- governor and current TV show host, he is not allowed to go literally anywhere he wants to go and who would want that there have been some bad governors in history exactly just want to give them all unfettered access to everything Jesus. in the world i mean it's not like honestly you're just a like you're a governor you run a state they declared this jesse ventura day here in 1989 <laughs> let me in he describes being chased as like a raid out of his navy frogman days <laughs> Only this time he didn't have a gun or a knife. Right. But from what he'd already found, they wouldn't be much help anyway. Yeah, what were you going to do? <laughs> He's going to get in a gunfight s- at Plum Island on TV? <laughs> He's going to shank some Coast Guards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love whenever he brings up his Navy days. I'm glad he was talking about being a frogman and not a SEAL, which is more accurate. Still but cool, yeah. but... Yeah, but also... Comparing what happens in this episode to something that happened during your Frogman days really makes your Frogman days seem not that dangerous. <laughs> yeah. It kind of undermines uh, the macho-ness of that brag. I know a thing or two about being lightly followed by the Coast Guard. <laughs> and he never really elaborates on the guns wouldn't help much anyway. Because then right. we, we just cut to... Oh, for sure. The first person he talks to is Kenneth King, an expert on biowarfare. He, he talks about how there are 1,356 germ containment facilities around the country and that there are accidents happening regularly. Here's the thing about that number. I'd rather there be more than less. Because <laughs> if he was like, yeah. listen, there are two germ containment units for the entire country, I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, that's uh, that, that doesn't seem like enough. I mean, like, again, I I don't want to take the government side. That is not something that I'm trying to do. But like, I think the last couple of years have shown that we need 
facilities in our country to study these things. Like they're they're important to know about. They're not like you have they're everyone in this episode is constantly take immediately leaping to the most negative possible assumption about what's going on. And I get it. I I get that. And I'm not saying there's not anything nefarious happening with regards to this stuff, but like, you know, there's also rational explanations. Yeah. And what they're getting into in this part is a little timely because he's basically talking about a lab leak, which the lab leak theory when it comes to COVID is not a popular one, but it's one that exists. Yeah. It, it, well, it's tough because it's so loaded. Uh, yeah, it depends on what version you're talking about. If you're talking about the Chinese government created COVID in a lab and then unleashed it on the world. I don't think so, but yes, of course it's possible for someone to work in a lab like this and accidentally spread something to the outside. I mean, crazy. Yeah. I mean, sure, but also lots of things are possible. <laughs> like, you know, I, I just, uh, that's just a huge leap uh, to make from outbreak to bioweapon. Right. Yeah. And with, they're not necessarily saying the government's making bioweapons, but they do hint at it a whole yeah. lot. And uh, that's mostly what they're focusing on is the, the chances that something like this or that one of these facilities, something could escape. And right make a lot of people sick but you're just kind of rolling the dice on life in general like that could happen with so many things i mean for sure yeah and and again like there's no other way to develop things ways to combat these viruses and and different kinds of infections than studying the germs and like the viruses and the bacteria that cause those infections like you, you that's the only way to do it Really, you can't do it without them. Yeah, it's one of those things where you got to weigh the risks against the benefits. Right. Like, yes, there's some risk, but the benefits of knowing how these things work, should they get out at some point, are obviously going to outweigh those risks. Well, and also, you know, if you think about like what is in the government's best interest and, uh, you know, even just on a financial level, like the uh, pandemic has been disastrous for uh, our our country's economy. And so they're going to have, if, if we do have these facilities that are studying, you know, uh, viruses and, you know, these different kinds of things, th- the security on these things is going to be insanely tight because the, the government in charge doesn't want a, an outbreak because it would cost a shit ton of money. And like be hugely damaging to whoever's in tr- like to the president's reputation, like and everybody involved. It would just it just doesn't make any sense for it to be any other way. Yeah, that that's a running theme with this series in general that frustrates me is it always comes back to, well, why won't the government let us in to see what's going on? It's like, <laughs> right. man, that's not how government works. I mean, for sure. Yeah, especially with this Plum Island thing. When Every time he kept being like, I just want to. I just want to go in and see what's happening. I just need to know uh, what what's going on. I'm mean, like, first of all, what do you know about disease, you know, control? What do you know about it? How would you be able to tell what's happening in a lab like this? And also, if you think that they're developing these things, why would you want to go into there? Yeah, that- like. 
it's if it's that dangerous. Yeah. Imagine if you were fighting to get in this place and they keep saying no and keep saying no. And then suddenly they're like, all right, come in. <laughs> I feel like at that point I'd be like, no, mm, no. I what's am. going on? I, I actually changed my mind. I'm yeah. sorry. You're not putting me in that room. Like, I mean, seriously, though. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, the next thing that happens in this episode, it's time for a patented team meeting. Yes. They have these all throughout the episode. Sometimes they kick off the episode. Sometimes yeah. Jesse's just in a Starbucks and someone walks up and slides a paper across the table. <laughs> then he brings that back to the team meeting. In this meeting, they're talking about the Montauk monster. Yeah. I don't want to completely shoot this down, but like if you've ever seen like uh, biologists have like done composites of a raccoon, an image of a raccoon, like over the image of the Montauk monster. And it's like one-to-one and, you know, I just kind of know what dead animals look like. (laughs) And what are you hiding? I know it, but like, it just looks like a dead animal, you know, like, why won't you let me look at your dead animals? I I, I, like, again, I don't want to be like a total downer, but I don't know. I just can't go there on the on the Montauk monster. I, that's just one where I'm like, this is just so obviously a raccoon. Well, my question with the Montauk monster, because the argument people make is, well, that escaped from Plum Island where they're testing right. animals. What would they be making that for? What? Also, <laughs> also this like this is why it's weird that they brought it up in this episode, because it, you're, they've the entire rest of the episode is about bioweapons basically and then they have this montauk monster thing which is about like genetic engineering or something and like that's just a totally different conspiracy theory like it doesn't really connect to the bioweapon aspect except that it involves animals yeah it's a it's a confusing tangent that's for sure that thing does look creepy when it's weird. I mean, but dead animals are fucking freaky. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I just, I just can't go there on them. And I love that cryptozoology stuff. I think it's cool. Like, but the Montauk monster is just, it's a dead animal. It's been rolling around in the surf. It's got all its fur, you know, stripped off and it's got the, a skull with like missing teeth and a broken nose. And it looks like it's got the raccoon shape. Like it's got the little puffy butt and oh, little it's, puffy not, butt. it's got the little puffy butt, little puffy but butt. like not as cute because it's been <laughs> decomposing in this ocean. Uh, they send June Sarpong to Kansas and I'm not sure why. Yeah. What's she going to do? Stop. Like this isn't the XL pipeline. And even if it was, you're not enough protesters to stop it. <laughs> Well, yeah, like June is kind of like the field trip person, really. She's the one who always kind of goes to like, you know, meet someone or, or you know, do some sort of 
trip to places being discussed and investigate. And I think they just needed her to do something. And so they sent her out there. Meanwhile, Jesse and Alex get on a plane to head to Plum Island, which was confusing because yeah. it seemed like they just drove there, but, or they were on a boat at one point. So I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know why we even needed to know about the plane. Alex, the skeptic goes to the beach to talk to a guy about the Montauk monster, Nicholas yeah. Cutnaro. He's a local, and he said he's the first one who reported on the Montauk monster on his website, uh-huh. and he thinks it's a hybrid animal sure. of some sort, but he also says another like a, one um, washed on shore. Yeah, like a manimal, if you will. Right. Yeah. Which, again, for what? Right, exactly. What? What's the purpose of that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just for funds? For, for kicks and shits and giggles? Like, uh, I don't understand. We got hybrid animals, and they can't even cure cancer yet. Thanks, yeah, they're, science. They're, they're, they're making bioweapons out of <laughs> hybrid animals. They're infecting the hybrids with hoof and mouth disease. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jesse Ventura is talking to Carl Grossman, a professor and investigative journalist. And yeah. this is who brings up the fact that Plum Island was started after World War II by a former Nazi named Eric Traub. Yeah. And he was brought here under Operation Paperclip, so that's cool. Oh, it's super dope. I uh, love, love history. And his idea for Plum Island was that he would be able to weaponize bugs, basically. And here's the thing. Have you ever seen Wormwood? Did you watch the Wormwood documentary? Uh, no, I, no, we've talked about it. I, I do need to watch that. That's one that's been on my list for too long. One of the theories that comes up in Wormwood is that we used biological weapons in Korea. Mm-hmm. And the type of weapons we used were bombs that when they hit the ground, instead of exploding, they just kind of broke open and released weaponized bugs into the area right. to introduce diseases to the area. Yeah. So I don't completely doubt that. No, I mean, that would be an efficient way to spread a weaponized disease. Like that's just, you know, that's how the bubonic plague spread. So it makes sense that that would be something under consideration. But they don't really stay on that for long. I don't know. Maybe Jesse Ventura has never heard that conspiracy. Maybe. Uh, but like the CIA did, did throw a guy out a window to keep it quiet. We know that. <laughs> right. Much. Yeah. And they said that he overdosed on LSD or yeah, something. Yeah. They said they, they claimed they gave him too much LSD and it drove him <laughs> crazy and he jumped out a window. And you yeah. know, when the CIA is taking responsibility for something <laughs> like that, something much, much worse actually happened. No, totally. Yeah. I think the reason why they don't spend much time on the flea thing is that they don't really spend too much time on any one detail of this. It's kind of scattershot. It's probably my big, biggest problem with the episode is it just kind of jumps all over the place. Yeah, that's the problem with a series like this in general. Like when you're getting yeah. into Area 51, yeah, which they do on the next episode, there's so much to talk about. And it's like, yep. really? You're going to knock this out in 40 minutes? <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So Carl Grossman is very worried about Al-Qaeda striking Plum Island. And sure. I am not and I never was. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, now is, the, well, I guess, the, you know, 2010 or whenever this was made is, I guess, a slightly more relevant time to be worried about al-qaeda now nah, that's but, two years into obama i think even yeah. by then most most people were like all right there's yeah they're I, not coming I, like i wasn't afraid of al-qaeda like the day after 9-11 like i i, no. I just it, that like i was like 14 years old and i was like this is a one and done right this seems <laughs> like they they probably shot their wad on this this is huge <laughs> 
Yeah, nothing else is really going to impress after right. 9-11. Exactly. I mean, like, we had, like, the fucking anthrax shit, which turned out to be, like, everything we've had since then has been domestic terrorism. Yeah. That's been every major incident since 9-11. So, yeah, I am not personally afraid of Al-Qaeda or ISIS or whoever's the big one now uh, attacking Plum Island. Yeah, the anthrax attacks are a very sad and interesting story. It's like another yeah. Richard Jewell story, basically. A little bit, yeah. Because they identify the suspect and name him publicly and then just kind of harass him until he finally kills himself, I believe. Jesus. And then almost as soon as he died, they're like, oh, <laughs> our bad. It's actually this other guy, we think. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> That's their official, like, that was their press release. It yeah. was just like. So the sorry. C- the office of the FBI. Whoops. <laughs> Little shrug emojis. Did we have those back then? I think no, so. I don't think so, but they just did like the, the written out one with like oh, the sure. slashes. <laughs> so next they get into the tick theory. Right. This is a theory that's been around quite a while. It has. This is one that, this is an example of what you were talking about, where you're really getting into a complex theory with this tick thing. Right. To just gloss over it in the course of this episode is bad planning, if nothing else. (laughs) Because this should be its own episode. It's it's a very strange theory, which it's kind of the same thing, which is that in this case, Lyme disease escaped from a facility, uh, I believe Plum Island, and made its way to Connecticut and then spread to the rest of the world. Yeah. And there's been a lot of back and forth on this theory over the years. I think the biggest forth uh, and probably the reason why they're not going to, they wouldn't do a full episode on it is that like there were reported cases of Lyme disease before, like this was before Plum Island existed. Yeah, there's there's that, but also the way technicality, but the way it popped up in the region when it did and how it did there's like yeah i mean obviously there's that contention but there are i I think we've done an episode on it but there are answers to that contention also like sure i wouldn't be surprised if some like it's a thing that can happen like things can escape from facilities like this I mean, that's that's true. And and again, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, when it comes to the government doing heinous things, that anything basically is off the table. But I like for me, like just the, the, the fact that Plum Island didn't even exist when the first cases of Lyme disease were documented is just that's just kind of an open and shut thing for me. That's that's a tough one to overcome. Well, what if they were studying Lyme disease in that facility? What if they had been able to get access to Lyme disease, which, yeah, there had been cases of it before. Right. So they're studying it. And so you're saying like that's why because, it goes from they, a thing that existed to being in a concentrated outbreak sure. in one area. And, and that's that's a fine like that. I, I understand how that could happen. But that's not really the theory that this show pos- like posits or that the biggest theory is in the theory that. Most people say about Lyme disease with Plum Island is that they created Lyme disease at Plum Island. That's like what this guy is saying and what uh, the major theory is. And that is just it can't be true. Right. That I mean, yeah, but those are two different theories. No, I I, I know. Escaped and that something was 
intentionally released as a bioweapon, those that's two different things. Oh no, totally. I I agree. Uh, but th- I just I I'm, at least what I understood from from what this guy was saying is he he's he's of the camp that believes that it was created there, and that's kind of what they're implying. Yeah, with a lot of this, and I just that it can't be true. So yeah, I wouldn't be inclined to believe that, but I I do believe if it's something that escaped, the government would have a very vested interest in covering that up because they absolutely for the financial liability, if nothing else. Right. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. Lyme disease almost broke up Hall and Oates. How dare the federal government encroach on our rights like that? Yeah. That alone would have caused a fucking riot in 1979. The cost of the economy. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. In the world. I mean, and, and look, and, and Lyme disease is fucking horrific. And, you know, again, I wouldn't be I, like, uh, that's also a disease that you would probably study at, a, at like an animal disease yeah. center. That makes sense. Well, yeah, because ticks are going to most are going to transmit. I think animals can animals, contract yeah. a form of it. Right. Yeah. Like probably. So, yeah, they also get into suggesting that there are human experiments happening on Plum Island. And it's on account of how this body washed ashore and it had weird elongated fingers. Right. And there are newspapers articles out there about this body washing up, but I don't know people there's, there was a lobster boy was a real boy. Right. And and he was a man who got murdered by his wife in a murder for hire plot uh, (laughs) after she left him. Married the world's smallest man and then divorced him and went back to Lobster Boy. That's all true. Wow. wow. Yeah, no, I mean, the world is a strange and wondrous place. I and mean, that you know, all happened of... at Plum Island. <laughs> exactly. Yes, Lobster Boy born at Plum Island. Uh, but like, you know, again, we're talking about a dead body that's been rolling around in the ocean for a while. It's probably going to look pretty fucking weird i think any of us would look pretty fucking weird next they do a thing a really signature thing of this this series in general where they go to get answers from someone who you should know ahead of time is not going to be in a position to give you answers (laughs) and in this case alex the skeptic heads to a local police department to ask about the montauk (laughs) monster and it's like man if that was a real animal hybrid that escaped from a government lab (laughs) these cops have been yeah. Hit with that men in black flashing thing exactly. a long, you long the, time ago. You think the Montauk Police Department, <laughs> <laughs> like their biggest struggle is dealing with like some drunk millionaire <laughs> who's like causing a riot at Cracker Barrel. Like they just aren't, I feel like, going to be a real big help in this situation. Yeah, they're not going to be in a position to jeopardize that job. That's exactly. for sure. Exactly. <laughs> So then they go talk to Randy Sykes, mm-hmm. who contracted Lyme disease 15 years ago. He yeah. believes it was created by the government mm-hmm. and that they were doing it to create a weapon. And uh, he, he, he says he found the smoking gun, which is a document showing that the feds are working on biowarfare agents at Plum Island and that Lyme disease is one of them. Yeah. Uh, sure. <sighs> I mean, look. I, I, it, it's terrible that this guy had Lyme disease. It's really, uh, like I said, that's a vicious, vicious disease. And it's understandable that when you have something that's that debilitating, you want 
answers. Like, this is something we run, you know, the first episode that we talked about of this show was 9-11. And they had... Oh, I forgot. Uh, they had a, a woman who was, like, the mother of one of the 9-11 victims. And it's like, yeah, I understand how someone in that position might turn to, you know, some sort of theory that can give closure to them. Uh, but... Like I said, I I mean, like this document, where, where did this document come from? Like, how do we know that it's real? That's the thing. Whenever they talk to anyone like this on this show, yes. it's like, well, where did Randy get that? <laughs> right. He's like of, yeah. with all the journalists and investigative reporters and whatever in the world, yeah. intelligence agencies. How did Randy get it? <laughs> Because I mean, a, yeah. we talk about this documentary all the time called Mirage Men, yeah. which is about a guy whose job it was when uh, someone would find evidence of an actual thing the government was working on, like a, a top secret project. He would go out to them and give them additional evidence that was mm -hmm. fake. So then they would go publish that and then the government could just be like, no, this is very demonstrably false. This person's right. crazy. Don't pay attention to anything they're saying. Again, if Lyme disease just accidentally leaked as opposed to being a weapon the government created, they're going to have a whole lot of liability if that comes out. Right. And one thing we know the government does is they will send you on a whole other trail that's not going to be provable yeah. in order to hide that actual truth. And For sure. I would be suspicious that that might be what's happening here. I mean, possibly, but also, like, because also, who's Randy other than a guy who had Lyme disease? Like, well, that's that's what I'm saying, though, is they if he had been pushing this theory that Lyme disease is a weapon, right. someone could have just come to him and been like, All right, yep, here's your proof. Yeah, you, you I should mean, go public I, with that. And then now his whole focus is this is a right. weapon as opposed to, oh, no, it wasn't. But the government's responsible for sure. Well, like and and, and just in, in general, though, like and this is a, a problem with with the show is I don't understand like Randy's influence, like how how wide his influence is. I don't know how well known he is in any community like any conspiracy community or, uh, you know, the local community or anything and so I also he might just be saying whatever. And uh, he's like the person with Lyme disease who believes in this stuff, who was willing to talk to them. Or I, I mean, but I don't know, like it, he might not have even been well known enough to have gotten a visit by the Mirage Men, you know, like it, it, that isn't even necessary. Like he, he could just be a guy who made up this document. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. But Randy Sykes. Yeah, I looked it up. There's not much, yeah, of course. much out the there thing. about him. Uh, yeah, I don't doubt that he's like probably some kind of activist when it comes to stuff like this. But, I'm, I mean, but what sure. I'm getting at is that is the kind of person the government would target with absolute misinformation and yeah. be like, yep, you, you got your audience. Go run with this stupid theory as opposed to what we don't want you to know. No, totally, and I, and I and I agree with that. But and it's yeah. it's for the same reason. Like, who the fuck's Randy? How's he going to get his yeah. hands on shit like this? Exactly. Uh, so now Jesse and Alex the skeptic are getting on that boat so they can head <laughs> to Plum Island. The boat's called the Coyote. That's that's cute. Yeah, it's cool. But then they get on the boat and the captain refuses to take him because police and homeland Ooh. security start showing up. 
right as they were about to pull off. They're one step ahead of me at all times. <laughs> and for some reason, they cut away from that so we can go. <laughs> so June Sarpong can talk to some fucking guy. Yeah. In Kansas. Yeah. Again, this episode is so scattershot. And he's he's very worried about hoof and mouth disease, which was super duper in the news in 2010. But yeah. got to 2021 and I feel like those fears were a little unfounded. For sure. I mean, again. This is a an awful disease that I would hate to have. Like, and it's, can humans and even it's, get it? I don't think humans can get it. Can they? Foot and I, I believe so. I believe there's it's foot and mouth disease is the, but I could be totally wrong. But also, like in gen, like I was saying at the top of the show, like the even if it's just something that affects cows and livestock, like that is could be a huge crisis. But yeah, no, yeah, kids, people can get it. Yeah, can get. It's it's not as bad as in as in animals, but but yeah, like if if something were to happen to that, we would be fucked. The editing in this section is maddening. They just yeah. keep cutting back and forth between Jesse Ventura and June Sarpong. They're in completely different parts yeah. of the country talking about completely different shit. So now it's back to Alex and Jesse. They finally found a captain willing to take them to Plum Island, a real renegade. He's got yeah. a skull and crossbones flag on his boat. He's a pirate, essentially. Oh, hell yeah. He's accompanied by a former Plum Island employee named Jim McCoy, who alleges he was fired after threatening to blow the whistle on what they were doing there. And uh, yeah. this is where we learned the boat chase was a lot less dramatic than they made it out to be. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't so much a chase as it was like two boats passing in the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just two boats going out to do their respective jobs. Exactly. The, the Coast Guard, yeah, they just followed him for a little bit, didn't stop him. Exactly. Jesse Ventura at one point gets on the edge of the boat and starts shouting at him. <laughs> that is just his vibe. Like that is, it, it feels like he could start doing that at the drop of a hat in basically any situation. And I don't wish government assassination on anyone, but God, that would have been a funny time for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the problem with government assassins is they don't have any comedic timing. <laughs> exactly. Like they shot Kennedy while he's in a car. Yeah, next like, to his, next to his wife, have some respect. Yeah, like you could. There's so many funnier moments to kill JFK. Like, how about while he's banging Marilyn Monroe? Right. Uh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So Jim McCoy, he says he interrupted a meeting at the administration building while working at Plum Island. And it sounds like maybe that's why he got fired for crashing yeah. this meeting as opposed to asking, you know, he, he asked about security and monitoring inside the biocontainment area. So uh -huh. it sounds like he just kicked in the door of this meeting and was like, <laughs> right. I have questions. Yeah, I feel like at basically any workplace, if you barged in on a managerial meeting and were like, Look, I have some very serious concerns about the security at this movie theater. Like, they would fucking fire you. Yeah, they're going to be like, HR will address them. Thank yeah. you. But he says that uh, for, for bringing all, this, all these questions up, he was fired. Uh -huh. But uh, who knows? Yeah. And then a, there's so many people on here who, are, who just say shit and then provide no evidence. And then you're just like... Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, it's a big part of this series in general. So Coast Guard shows up again, so they decide they need to leave. Uh, he's very mad that as a former governor, he's not allowed access to Plum Island, as we discussed. Yeah. 
how come we the people aren't the boss anymore? We're the ones paying salaries of these people, and they deprive us of letting us know what they do on this island. And and you know what? He's right. They should just let anyone into the war room. They should just you should just have like a velvet rope that you can stand behind and watch the top secret meetings. They you you couldn't go to Buffalo Wild Wings headquarters and do that. <laughs> that is so true. There's basically no like like there's security at every corporate headquarters. Every building, every major skyscraper has fucking security. And here's how I know that because I have a friend named Clint, who was absolutely obsessed with Buffalo Wild Wings. He would go (laughs) multiple times a week. He uh, would buy like hundreds of dollars in gift cards around Christmas, because Mm -hmm. if you bought uh, like $25 worth, you got a $5 gift card. So it was like just free money he could spend at Buffalo Wild Wings. And at one point, their, their headquarters is in Minneapolis. And at one point, he called them and was like, look, I'm an investor, which he is. Uh, he was like, I love the store. What do you say? I get like a tour of the, the headquarters and like the test kitchen and stuff like that. And they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Uh, that's extremely funny. I So if Clint can't get into B-dubs HQ, yeah. Jesse Ventura is mean, not getting into Plum Island. I mean, think about it. Nobody could get into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory for decades after he closed the gates. Exactly. You no gotta, one went in or out. You got to have that bioweapon ticket to get into Plum exactly. Island. Yeah, the, the, the radioactive ticket. So they, Jesse Ventura goes to, to ask some questions. He loves talking to a congressman. Yeah, because they're accessible. Yeah, like, yeah. congressman got time. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a, another one in the next episode. Yeah. He, he goes and talks to Congressman Timothy Bishop. He, he brings up all this stuff about Plum Island, like the Nazi thing. That's great. Mm. But what's Timothy Bishop going to do? Like, he, he's, yeah, he doesn't he's not he doesn't have any answers. Like, he just says he trusts what the government tells him. And it's like, yeah, of course oh, which, he does. Which fucking pissed Jesse off. He yes. repeated that. Li- he repeats that line five. This is the very end of the episode. And at least five more times after this, he says, but I guess I'm just not the type to believe whatever the government <laughs> tells me like that really got under his skin. He was, he was all over that one. I did edit an older episode of this podcast recently. I think you were on it. Danger Van Gorder was on it. And I think Rivers Langley. Okay. At one point, Danger said he's pretty sure we know everything bad the government has done because Hmm. of the Freedom of Information Act request. Uh And the room exploded in anger. (laughs) Everyone was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You think we know everything because of the Freedom of Information Act request? Oh, my God. And here's the thing about Danger. He has uh, run for office a couple times. So that's a politician's Uh, job to be like, yeah, man, government works exactly like they say it does. Exactly. Yeah. I I don't know if I was on that episode, but I definitely jumped to a bunch of retorts to that as soon as you said it. It's like, wait a minute, what? We know everything? There's like a 50-year like gap on FOIA. You got to like have a bunch of time. So 
Yeah, they they talk about Plum Island some more with this this congressman. He just talks to more people. I don't know. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing really happens. It, after he goes to the congressman, that's basically it. Like he he talks to like one or two more people about the same shit and just keeps repeating. You know, maybe some people would believe what the government tells them, but I'm going to keep asking questions. I love that the last line is, uh, if you have a pet, make sure to check it for ticks. That's just good advice. You could like Bob Barker the end of every episode with that. I was just about to say, it's just like Bob Barker telling you to spay and neuter. That's so funny. 9-11 was an inside job. Check your pets for ticks. Yeah, that should just be his regular sign off. <laughs> that would be great. That's going to be the sign off of this podcast from now hell on. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Check your pets for ticks, everybody. So that's the end of the episode. Jesse Ventura is very angry. Yeah. Uh, Plum Island, I don't know. It, yeah. I, I don't doubt that we're working on bio weapons somewhere. Absolutely. Maybe it's at Plum Island. Maybe it's not. Yeah, I, I just, I really don't think off the coast of like, the Hamptons is going to be a place where they put a, a bioweapon facility because there's a lot of rich people and rich people will fucking destroy the government if they can. Yeah, it would be a risky place to put it. We would almost certainly put it in another country. That's what I'm saying. If exactly. things went right, I mean, it's probably in one of those Pacific islands that we send all the spam to. Yeah, or it's, yeah, exactly. Or it's probably fucking Guantanamo. Like, you know, mm, yeah. who knows? I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that the government isn't doing awful shit, but Plum Island, you know, we do need places to study animal diseases. It's yeah, an important it, field of work. And if all that's ever washed ashore is Lyme disease and a weird looking raccoon, given how long it's been there, that's not bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, oh, there is one thing. The The one thing we didn't talk about is that uh, like some I can't remember which guy tells a story about a cow breaking loose from the facility. Oh, yeah. And infecting all of the other cows in in the pen. And so they had to kill all of the cows and they make it sound like this is like horrific. Like this is a, like, you know, government corruption gone wild. I'm like, that's what literally any farm would do. You can't keep them alive. Yeah. That I am. When they said that, I was like, I imagine that happens all the time. Exactly. Like if one one cow makes a bunch of cows sick, then that's a good way to spread it. You're going to kill them anyway. Right. There's, there's not really any other way to handle that situation honestly at like you know it's unfortunate but true you handle it with a well thought out campaign of awareness on social media yeah you, exactly yeah tell it. tell the cows to wash their hands <laughs> and <laughs> so that's the episode uh next week i think i'm doing i'm going to finish out uh the i've been doing some solo episodes about a book mm. called the cia and the cult of intelligence I'm not going to ask people to read a whole fucking book. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we will continue this series after that yeah. with uh, part two, Area 51, which how did that Hell not yeah. come up on season one? That's such a that's, big one. Seriously, that that's wild. They must have been like, we'll, we'll wait till we have a bigger budget in the second <laughs> season. So they can storm Area 51. Exactly. I'm surprised that exact phrase isn't used at all in that episode. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. Jesse Ventura and Naruto runs into <laughs> Area 51. <laughs> so until then, do we have anything to plug? 
Olivia, how about uh, you? You can find me on Twitter at hi there, Hydar, if you would like to. Uh, other than that, not not particularly. Um, Patreon.com slash unpops, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You can subscribe for bonus episodes there also. And I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.